Hello, hey, hi. Welcome back to another hopefully comforting episode of Full of Love Blue. This is your librarian Blue who is extremely glad to see you pick up this episode for today's for today. So today um today's episode is titled Stories for our Existence where we would uh, hopefully talk about stories, how they shape our experiences. um how important is language uh the kind of books that we like and maybe not like and and so on and so forth so today i have today i have um uh, a friend of mine who um really loves their anonymity so i'm not going to reveal their name so we're just going to call them s uh so they will be joining us for this episode where we'll have a conversation on the kind of stories that has helped us the kind of stories that we prefer why we like stories um the role of language in our lives probably why we write why we read so on and so forth say hi to my co-presenter for today's episode s hi everyone s so as a fellow writer um the one of the basic questions that anybody asks anyone who writes is why do you write So I thought we'd start off with that and then form a conversation. So is there a reason why you write or uh, yeah that that's the basic question. Oh, I feel uh, a little what do I say? confused when you ask uh, when you refer to me as a writer because I don't know every time when somebody says a writer it's it seems like a big word to me. I do write of course and I write because I feel like my thoughts are all clogged. it's taking up space in my head I, i wanted to give it some space else somewhere else and i really prefer using my pen and paper but it's also a little weird that not weird funny that uh, most of the time the thoughts come up and i get the urge to write when i don't have a paper and pen right next to me or it's in the middle of night and i'm so lazy to turn on the light and i have to use my phone it's personally it is to record something It's like often i wish if i could just scan my brain and whatever images whatever thoughts is there it would just come as come out as a language i don't have to put some effort to write it record it but it doesn't happen sadly so i use the next closest thing i can do yeah okay um so this is related to what he just said um even i think i've talked about how thoughts just come to you late at night when you're in bed uh, almost trying to sleep and that's when all the words just come rushing to you or when you are in the washroom taking a shower <laughs> and you don't have a paper or pen or even a phone next to you and it's somewhere there you have to finish your shower as soon as possible yeah exactly so you get um, as a fellow writer you kind of empathize with how uh, at times we get words or we get thoughts that um in a way that we have no way to record it uh is there a reason that you found as to why this happens why not when you're just lazing around on your couch or why not when you're just on your bed scrolling through your instagram reels why do you think that doesn't happen because this is something that i've been wondering as well yeah like you had the answer right in your question when you are very comfortable in your so far or when you are scrolling through instagram you're already doing something your mind doesn't have any space else elsewhere to be it's always occupied with something that 
hours where we are just in the presence of us i think for me i find washrooms very very personal like it's one space uh, although at times we carry our phones when you're in the washroom but that's that's a weird situation but at the same time i think we are at the closest to ourselves in a space like a washroom where we can't do we are just we are facing our things and just the mind keeps crawling from one thing to other and you have some time to come in contact with it you are close to it more than ever yes the concept of washroom being a personal space has been um maybe it's just me who kind of got that uh, cuz every time i see a movie probably from the west i'm not sure if the asian counterpart has this issue but you see uh people going to the washroom and how do i say you have a great example of grace anatomy where everything uh that is intimate and personal happens in the washroom <laughs> a person crying bawling their eyes out in the washroom and i find that pretty interesting as well as a bit sad cuz um the idea of how we cannot be ourselves in a society but in closed doors is pretty frightening for me but anyways following up on the question so i was uh, reading this book uh, where i saw the statement uh, languages aren't just made of words they are modes of looking at the world they are keys to civilization what is your take on that what do you think about that so like for the longest time um when i read a book what brings me closer to that if i like it or not is there are two ways okay one that makes me imagine or makes me see a world that i'm not familiar with that interests me a lot second thing is something i can relate to like some books they have words that i don't know how to put it out but it's right there and that is what is in my head or that is what I feel very connected to it. Mm-hmm. So this, I think the sentence you just said was um, words, language being a way we look at the world or mode of looking at the world. Yes. Um, I resonate with it to a great extent. I just, I had one set of professor. Uh, she mentioned like uh, how we we not always have to relate to a book or connect with the person or character in that book. to be able to like it or to be able to enjoy it and uh ever since then um my thoughts have been like what do i say i feel like language has a way of making us think in a way that has been the in a way that people has been thinking for a long time yes but at the same time it also questions something like there are some usages of language some ways in which sentences uh take their shape that simply makes us question if um this is the reality that i'm comfortable with or if this is uh the way i like to look at the world i'm not sure if i'm answering your yeah you did you right. did i i'm just trying to build a conversation so we can link everything together so do you think uh we both literature students we've done a fair share of um world literature british literature subaltern literatures our uh, diasporic writing all of them we've done uh, various levels so do you think 
from what you've learned from what you've read from the conversations that you've had with people do you think that language has a lot of power that we don't necessarily understand or we don't necessarily recognize and accept language has a lot of power having access to language to communicate what we feel to name an emotion to have the vocabulary to name a how we feel itself is a big deal yes and uh, language when it comes we have a mother tongue yes there are conversations which are easier for us to make it happen in our first language or our mother tongue there are but at the same time those does not may not always help us to communicate with the people we want to communicate to mm-hmm. and that in that situations it is a and it has a lot of power power as in uh, it gives access to spaces language gives access to spaces the way the way you can talk makes a lot of difference the way you can point out things even if it's like a i do not if it's a, a compliment uh, how to appreciate something we need to have the language to do that mm-hmm. if you want if you're facing a discrimination if you want to be able to talk about it if you want to be in a space to talk about it again you need to have that access to the language and it's also about sometimes it's also about the acceptance of the language in which we talk especially when we are living in a space where um, a particular discourse is encouraged and the other is not Yeah so basically um I think before we started this podcast I had told her that we have to do this and then she said uh, I told her that it's going to be a little bit more personal uh, it's not generalized it's about your experiences and all of that. and she said personal is political oh, I'm largely influenced by the people who <laughs> taught me like uh, that's the so um with what you've said so language becomes a sort of a privilege it is in many senses maybe not our first language maybe not our mother tongues but the language that is globally accepted i'm putting it in double quotes uh globally accepted becomes a privilege because i've seen scenarios where people are made fun of or kind of ignored because they don't speak because english has been the currently the global language that is accepted all over the world uh, most of the parts most part of the world um we have people who make fun not fun who just ignore the over the fact that they don't know how to speak in double quotes again good english i'm recently i've been beginning to notice two things okay one is i get complimented on uh, my vocabulary is not great mm-hmm. to be honest but i get complimented on the fact that you don't have a malu accent i get uh, I, i mean it's uh something i don't know if i should take it as a compliment mm-hmm. it it it's okay it's nice it's like you somebody's telling me you speak good english yeah uh, uh at the same time so uh that's on one end mm-hmm. and the other end when i'm trying to write this is not something i am proud of okay okay so when i'm trying to write <laughs> i i do not want to take off my malu uh accent or language or identity from away from my writing yes. and this made my writing easier this made my life easier where i could 
use some phrases like or i could refer to people like amma appa mm. or uh, uh, food or a uh, place or things why do we always have to find the english version of the feelings or english version of the people or relationships or the food or the even uh, abuse mm. we do not always need english for that yeah. so there is two extend to me that mm-hmm. one place where it kind of makes me feel good when somebody tells me i can speak good english it's like i'm being accepted accepted the validation yeah, you, yes. you don't have that accent okay it's like my somebody uh-huh. is accepting me and on the other end when i'm able to bring my roots to my writing it makes my writing easier to me it makes more real to me that mm-hmm. i feel less pretentious for some reason no I, i completely get you on the malu accent or the malayalam accent that is um, being you take it as a compliment um i'm not going to give you an existential crisis right now but still the idea of how um we all think that we have to speak in english the way the west does and how when you co- i'm not speaking about you i'm speaking about in general uh or how when you're not spoken uh, when you do not have that accent with you you're just completely complimented you're given the validation but at times we tend to forget the fact that english is not our it is part of our language i mean the number of languages that we have in india but it's not our language in any way it is something that was i want to say given but that just sounds wrong enforced enforced yes um for people who have read who've been uh, doing literature or who's listening and has done literature if you've read macaulay's minutes uh, <laughs> there's a place where macaulay just completely disregards every single part of our history our language roots where he says that sanskrit is just blur you have uh, libraries full of sanskrit that's not necessary uh so there's this okay my question to you is do you think with your lived experiences because you speak malayalam you speak english you speak a bit of tamil as well as a, a bit of kannada just to survive in the land that you occupy right now um do you think that there's a hierarchy of languages there is always hierarchy of languages yes um recently uh for like past few months i've been working as a teacher so uh one thing is that when i was teaching the kids too most of them uh, they find it hard to learn english to pick up language also because uh, the people at home are also not using english mm-hmm. obviously at our home if it's not our first language first mother tongue we don't use it as often, yeah. often. so uh, the kids find it very hard and uh, when when i when i see them and i observe them uh, actually performing performing like um, in, in the careers a different <laughs> people in front of their friends okay. in front of their family in front of other people okay it's basically a performance all it's, over yeah yes. it's okay. a, actually a i see it as a performance mm-hmm. so um onto the outside world to be um, accepted or looked to not be and not actually accepted to not be looked down upon mm-hmm. they had to behave in a particular way and yes. language plays a critical role there and on the other end uh, when you brought up macaulay's minute mm-hmm. and how english has been enforced to us um i've been having split thoughts about it okay on one end i do not 
like the idea of be, a language being imposed mm-hmm. on us yeah. and i had to keep even telling my uh, kids that uh, you the, the language that language doesn't have a power over you mm. you have to have access to that language you should know how to use it yeah. but at the same time you not you do not have to be afraid of the language because you can it's just a language you can yes. use it however you want. want but you just have to know it at first hand to be able to use it yes but at the same time um, when we look at the enforcement part um until uh, english gained that status in our country we had a uh, kind of a supremacy for sanskrit or yes. persian or well, i'm not very well aware of that but still um how education was um, practiced or uh, uh, imparted to so in the society before the britain british Brit- came Brit- into before India. the british came uh, it's a different story yes. it has uh, racial or caste and so many factors to play there in a way um, english language also did liberate yeah yeah and uh, and and also opened up doors so in that way i also respect the language mm-hmm. for what it can do to you it's like you can learn it you can use it to your will okay hmm. it you should not allow it to have power, power over, over you that's yes. my um take take yeah <laughs> yeah so just like you said um before the occupation uh, i would i don't want to say occupation before the britain came british came to india you had other languages that had superiority over many other languages in india because i'm pretty sure all of you know that india is not just one language and has multiple languages because we tend to forget that because um the first thing that i i think half of us do uh when we go out and we we get i mean an auto buyer comes in the first language that i re- prefer to talk is in hindi True. that that's something that has been conditioned into me making me think even though i'm not in a state that has hindi as its language i am in a south indian state but still i feel that hindi would help me better to be accepted i'm not sure if i'm putting it that right but anyways my point being so you had other languages a few languages which had superiority and then came the british and then you had english taking up the center and all the others other languages being marginalized yes to add on to that i'm pretty sure in your uh, literature courses that you've done a bit of translations a bit or a paper or two papers whatever it be what is your take on translations because uh the book that i'm currently reading uh its subtext or its famous quote is an act of translation is an act of betrayal what is your take on that i thoroughly enjoy translation okay <laughs> but at the same time i found it so extremely difficult because the during my translation studies we had assignments where we had to translate words from our regional language mm. to english so we focused on we began the journey with uh, children's li- literature so uh, when, so we had this very simple exercise of translating a, a regional language uh, short story or a, a rhyme mm-hmm. into english okay so uh every language has its own musicality rhythm or beauty of language one thing that gets lost in translation is that beauty that rhythm that uh how 
the way of saying it or how it carries the wit in it the humor in it or the anger in it or rebellion in it that gets some that sometimes gets lost yes but at the same time if there were no translations how much of how we are at so much of loss like i enjoy reading a lot of translated works really extremely and even the process of translating is so pleasurable that we we keep searching for the right word yes and when you get it you you will not get it mostly but when you get it it's like a, it gives so much of pleasure to be honest yes and uh, sometimes so one particular work if i had to talk about uh we had this i think it was kunyu uh, nivashas so the way he uses languages uh, especially it's meant for children, children it's meant to be uh, recited yeah. so when you're trying to translate something like that uh it's it's hard yeah the word is hard but if you don't do it there is also a culture coming along with language there is also a practice of uh, living a mm. place that comes along with the language yes. the space that comes along with the language that we, that gets missed out in the yes. process yeah so uh, translation is necessary even though it has all of its flaws because yeah. uh, just like how she mentioned that she reads a lot of translator works i do read a lot of translator works and then i think If by any chance this was not translated into a language that I was comfortable reading in, the amount of loss that comes in, because um, be it in your own uh, regional language, be it in your Malayalam, be it your Tamil, be it your Kannada, be it your Assamese, uh, any language that is being translated to English, even though translating them uh, at some point would create. a loss of essence because uh it's not always possible to find the correct word or the proper word that could have all of the essence of what that word actually means in your native tongue or your first language or your mother tongue there is a loss not going to deny that but at the same time you need translation to understand whatever if you could get the how do i say you have a lot of um japanese korean vietnamese books coming out which look at their uh, probably during the post war uh, time or maybe could be a, anything about how the country works so on and so forth so when you read that even though you miss out on a lot of other aspects you getting to understand another world another culture always kind of helps okay now i, I i'm not going to go more into i would just like yes, to please. add something also not know the loss unless we read the one in the original language exactly. and the translation we would thoroughly enjoy the translated work because that work is beautiful mm-hmm. of its own if we have if we did not know the original we don't know what we lost yeah. we are happy with what we got right? exactly true so now we're going to go a bit more into um their personal life <laughs> i'm just going to be asking questions today um but yeah we're done with the political or theoretical part of stories languages and translated works but yes do you have a favorite story beat your oral narratives uh, maybe a story that your uh, 
mother or your father or your grandfather whomever it be in your family that has told you and that you kind of hold really close to your heart or kind of or could be even a sentence that you hold really close do you have anything of that sort in your uh, life is my question I cannot pick out at each moment or each phase of life I have something favorite okay. and when in that moment it's the most important thing to me mm-hmm. um and I would speak volumes about it at that point uh at the present have not been reading much anything much that is uh, what do I say I've been reading here and there okay the current favorite thing is i'm reading a malayalam book uh, by bashir uh, anuragathinte dinangal yes uh, and he writes so beautifully like um, there is lot of uh, wit in his writing mm-hmm. that that's my current favorite okay. thing okay. when i used to write i mean i still write sometimes but when i used to write at some point i thought all my writings are sad and then came a phase where i was able to bring i did not have to write serious stuff i did not write about pain i could write about anything and i could even write about a chopis on the floor uh-huh. or a lizard on my window i came to that point and that made it easier okay and the also the reason why i enjoy uh reading stories or listening to stories i prefer both okay, okay. i prefer listening to stories from people not really audio books i'm yeah. a fan i prefer reading um it's because there are some moments okay where am i at that point listening to the story but i think about uh, the stories my grandparents uh, narrated to me usually you have the grandmother saying stories yes. in my case it was my grandfather uh, initially when he was in his uh, full healthy uh, state yes. he used to tell us all kinds of stories i was a little child uh, but when he i remember i never read ramayana or mahabharata or anything that but i heard him he told me the stories i only had the oral version in his healthy times he gave the full details and when he was deteriorating a little bit he was like um, this one was uh, fought for the woman that one was fought for uh, the land or mm-hmm. uh, the heritage or that okay. is so the way the how the story was being told over a period of time how the transition also told and when he was in a healthy state uh, we had we had even the conversation we had were different when he, uh, towards when he lost his memory we picked up on with the very light things like a uh, squirrel was moving and uh, the we kept a bowl of water for the birds to feed on we built up stories on that okay. and even the dialogues it's not like we were writing some panchatantra or anything but we preferred giving dialogues to these uh, birds or animals or even a bucket or a table and that's how my stories built there was nothing huge there was nothing uh, even that we couldn't imagine i mean animals can't talk yeah <laughs> but, but still this is very imaginable to yes. me it's there's nothing surprising about it and when it came to st- uh, stories i listened from my friends through my friends what they wrote or what they read I the best part I enjoyed is what they liked about it okay. because that part of the story gets talked about more and I get to know the person a little more okay. better. Okay. It's also like a I don't know I enjoy that. Okay. Um let's let's give a title a bit more of a significance. So how do you, how strong do you think 
um, stories are for your existence do you see, see do you believe that because i do do you believe that stories are your are one of your core to your existence like it keeps you kind of sane um, kind of helps you believe in a lot of things that in the contemporary times is not able to or how strong do you think stories are necessary for your existence stories have existed at all times mm-hmm. and it is going to be if not uh, i don't think how people would be able to live it's not always it necessarily does not have to be something written or something recorded it can be something said and forgotten too we don't have to chronicle it always mm-hmm. we don't have to remember it always but stories capture a lot of our memories it is built upon uh, things we want we like we saw we imagine we wanted to be and it carries a lot of hope yes to me stories gives me a lot of hope and something that happens to me when while i'm reading a story is sometimes in the beginning i'm not interested but i just have to sit through to reach that point when i have to where i completely fall head over heels for it and when the story is about to end that i i know it is going to end i can feel it yeah. and that makes it very heavy and i try to read it as slow as possible and that's also very much like life when the endings are near uh, we do not want it we want yeah. to what slow the yeah turn down. down okay yeah stories are the core of human existence mm-hmm. to me that's the that's something helps me live yes um okay so let's get to know you a bit more personally i keep using Ouch. personally for some reason i'm not sure of why do you have um a very personal favorite like a story could be a novel could be anything that um you hold really close to your heart and it's something that you would tell other people like like okay, let's look at novels for novels or your poems whatever it be is there a particular one or are there many there are many as i said earlier mm-hmm. it's set each phase but when somebody asks me what's my favorite um currently i think Ferrante's name just pops up in my head out why am i not surprised yeah, yeah. it's also like i'm not sure if uh, it's a liking for the book or what she wrote wrote about uh, i don't know what it is mm-hmm. but maybe it's also because the way i enjoyed the bo- reading the book that memory is there that i try, try to heighten that it's the best thing i've read and somewhere it pushed me to do things pushed me to write and made me feel, feel less alone in some sense okay. i do not know what why i like the book <laughs> i just like the book and there are also short stories that i enjoy actually i prefer reading a lot of indian literature books okay um for no particular reason i just enjoy it and i like reading uh, perumal murugan i like reading bashir yes um, I cannot pick a particular book as this is my this keeps me but there is a there is also a fact that when i'm reading a book if i loved it i'll tell you i don't know if i'll live uh, how i can live without without the book yes yes this particular yes. book that's also there i have very bad memory of uh, <laughs> my favorites so you you don't necessarily have one favorite you have a lot of favorite as time goes by yeah 
okay another question that i've always wanted to ask is uh mother i've not gotten opportunities before but i just wanted to ask it here when you're writing whatever it be be it your short story be it the poem that you're writing whatever you're writing is there a cathartic experience that comes after you're done with it or do you or is it just like eh kind of way <laughs> one reason i think that i'm unable to finish any of my writings these days is because it is too cathartic like okay. i have a lot of thoughts in my head i start writing when i'm writing i really have to think about it and i do not want to think so much it tires me catharsis is not always very pleasurable pleasurable yeah sometimes it drains sometimes you just have to i don't want to do this i don't want to think about it i'm done with this but at t- at times uh i give the rest i come back to the peace sometimes it, i may not feel the same way about it anymore but uh once it's out there i feel relieved too mm-hmm. there is both happening in the process it's like life when you're yeah. living through or when you're trying to do something in the process it's hard work it's, uh and somebody uh, i think it was professor d who told me once that writing is also a discipline you don't always uh, sit and write because you have that urge to write sometimes you have to be disciplined enough to record what you're feeling because thoughts don't stay there yeah they disappear they have very little time frame to rest in your head it goes away you're not superhuman being yeah. you know none of us are so when you have a chance to, to when you have it you take it you work on it you be disciplined you sit in a place just record it but at times i will be disciplined <laughs> so it doesn't work but yes you yes so um this has been a very very long conversation i thought we would have very less thing to say but um as is a very interesting person um yeah not 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 saying that for any good reason uh but yeah i really hope that um we get more stories to um for our existence as long as we live um until the next time and all of that Uh, and i do hope you continue loving language as you always do if that makes sense yes uh, make of what you will um but yeah this is all for today's episode i'll see you next time i really hope uh, you like this episode and i'm really really grateful that as agreed to do this or was pushed to do yeah it. kind of forced to do this but it's okay it's it's been a good day <laughs> for all of us um but yeah i'll see you next time bye thank you